All right, welcome to the program. Russia goes to war in Ukraine. And uh, now we all have some serious decisions to mull over, don't we? Or do we? What do you think? News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. We are awaiting the president. Uh, and he's going to come out and do an address at uh, now 1230. It was originally set for noon today. It has slipped back to 1230. Um, we'll carry it live when... Uh, when he delivers the remarks, when President Biden delivers remarks. But I started watching this last night at about 10 o'clock, and um, I happened to see, and we also will get to in the third hour, I'm gonna, uh, I will get to the, uh, the redistricting ruling that came down from the state Supreme Court, just a complete poop show. Um, so we'll get to that, but the, uh, the obvious big news of the day is that Russia has invaded Ukraine, and... Uh, I, like, I'm going to tell you, I am not an expert on Russia. Uh, I am not an expert on Ukraine. I cannot tell you what's in the mind of Vladimir Putin. I cannot tell you um, what the best strategy is going forward. What I can say is just as a, an observer on the outside that a lot of the people that were, quote, experts on Russia, on Putin, on Ukraine, they got it very, very wrong and have gotten it very, very wrong for a very long time. Like multiple administrations, this has been going on virtually my entire adult life because I remember when I was in school when the Berlin Wall fell. I was in like 10th or 11th grade or something and the wall came down and I mean, that was a defining moment for Gen X. And we have lived basically my entire adult life with the, you know, the the remnants of the old Soviet Union. But I remember the Soviet Union existing. I remember the Soviet Union being, uh, you know, the baddies in all of the movies. They were the baddies in the Olympics, um, you know, when they would try to get men to go compete against women so they could get all of the medals and stuff. Although now I think we're kind of doing that too. So maybe that's not a great example, but I, I do remember that time. And there are a lot of people that are alive today that don't have any recollection. All they know of Vladimir Putin is, Oh yeah, he's that Russian guy who poses bare chested on the back of a bear, you know, in all of those social media memes. And, uh, now, the guy's a former kgb I mean, he's he, he pines for the days of the old Soviet Union and to return Russia to its former glory and status as a world superpower. But, like, this is, like, make no mistake, this, like, this could very well be the beginning of a long and terrible global war. Because that's the thing, is, like, once you, and this is the, a lot of people thought that, Putin was a rational actor. But once you unleash the hell of war, you have no idea how that shakes out. So you can take all the calculated risks. What's the old axiom about uh, no plan survives its first encounter with the enemy, right? Because they get a turn at bat too. And I'm seeing reports that uh, Ukraine has shot down several 
fighter jets from Russia. They have uh, they've captured. I saw one number is like eighty Russian POWs. They are fighting back. They get a turn at bat too. So maybe Putin underestimated Ukraine. Maybe Putin overestimated his own abilities and his military. Maybe Biden and I guess like all of the foreign policy experts with regard to Russia, maybe they underestimated Putin as well. I'm seeing some of these people that have been, well, I mean, I I can name, I'll name him Tom Nichols. That's who it is. Tom Nichols, this guy, like the biggest disappointment to me. I used to, I had him on the show. I would interview him and he had some really good insights, I thought. But he he was, uh, he's at the Naval War College, I want to say, and He's supposed to be a Russian expert, and he did this, like, five-tweet thread this morning about how, oh, I miss, I misread Putin, I'm so sorry, you know, I was wrong. Like, well, I mean, it's a pretty big thing to be wrong about if you're an expert in this subject material and teaching people in our war college. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure five tweets, I'm not sure that gets you cover for this. No one thought he would do it. No one thought he would do it. I bet there were some people who thought he would do it. I would recommend, again, what do I know? Just a little old radio host. But I would recommend we find the people out there who were saying that he would do this, and let's listen to them for a little while. How about that? How about we, how about we, we shake off some of the old experts and bring in some new experts, people that were closer to getting things right? Putin had previously said that Russia would recognize the independence of two regions where pro-Russian troops had held a presence for years. In a video announcement, Putin claimed that the military operation was to demilitarize Ukraine because of the threat of it joining NATO. There are so many different angles here, by the way, and I am aware. um, Ukraine gave up its nukes, right? Now... People say, yeah, but they didn't have the launch codes for them, so they couldn't really use them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? I mean, I think that would probably be a pretty guarded secret, and maybe they could have figured it out. Maybe we could have helped them figure it out. It just, it is kind of odd that they gave up, what, 5,000 nukes that they had inherited after the collapse of the Soviet Union. And I'm wondering, maybe they could have kept those because they were promised security by us and Europe and even Russia, right? Everyone said, no, you just give them up. It'll all be cool. Don't you worry about that. Yes, there is a metaphor here, or I shouldn't say metaphor, but there is a a, a parallel with Second Amendment rights in America or Australia for, for a country that's a little bit farther down that path. All responsibility for the possible bloodletting will be on the conscience of the current Ukrainian regime, Putin said. Truth and strength are on our side. He went on to claim that it was not Russia's intention to occupy the country. Mm -hmm. Those comments are in contrast to his previous statements that Ukraine was an invention of Russia and his lamentations that the old Soviet republics should not have been allowed to leave Russia. Biden put out a statement last night. The White House did, saying the prayers of the entire world are with the people of Ukraine tonight as they suffer an unprovoked and unjustified attack by Russian military forces. 
President Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. Russia alone is responsible for the death and destruction that this attack will bring, and the U.S. and its allies and partners will respond in a united and decisive way. The world will hold Russia accountable. Well, we'll see. Right? We'll see. Um, Seth Mandel, uh, he's a uh, writer in D.C., said squashing the sanctions as a gesture to Putin was a huge mistake that Biden made, but hopefully this makes it clear to everybody going forward that it should not, it cannot be repeated. Two things the administration has done right since then, issue clear statements about what Putin is doing and publicizing what uh, was airtight intelligence. So I am very nervous about what Biden is going to say or do today. I am. I hope, I know I'm going to say this and people are going to like, I can't believe you said it. Maybe, I don't know. I hope he doesn't take questions, really. I really, for the for the sake of the Ukrainian people and Europe, I mean, because that's, and look, I'm not even getting into the question yet of, like, what should we as Americans do? What should our approach be? Knowing that whatever we do, keep in mind, like, we are probably then going to face repercussions. And once people sense and other leaders sense that, we are weakened either before or after repercussions. They will then attempt to take advantage of it for their own aims as well. Everybody is obviously talking about China moving on Taiwan. I fully anticipate that to occur. Why wouldn't it? Right? That's, uh, that's how this stuff happens. That's how all of these great wars happen is that people sense an opportunity and they just move on it. All right, so again, the president will address the nation at 12.30. We'll carry it live. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thomas Chatterton Williams, writer and philosopher, said the United States and Western Europe have demonstrated repeatedly for all the world to see that we are exhausted with ourselves, decadent, weakened from internal divisions, and incapable of mustering the will to enforce our own professed values. What a sad time. Greg Connolly said that he's old enough to remember when Trump berated NATO members for expecting the U.S. to defend them from Russia while Germany, et al., bought Russian gas and helped fund Russia's significant military buildup and all the blue check marks mocked Trump for it. Yeah. This has been, it really has been a sight to behold, hasn't it? All of the, it's one of the things, like, we, I go, well, I go back and forth on this. Like, social media is a great thing and a terrible thing. I'm actually, I'm thinking about this, maybe I incorporate this into some of the remarks. I'll be actually a panelist this weekend in Raleigh um, with the John Locke Foundation's Carolina's Liberty Conference. And we're going to be talking about tech issues in the panel that I'm on. I'm just, I mean, who am I? They got experts from, like, Heritage and Americans for Prosperity and, they're going to get into like the policy stuff, but I don't know. I look at the social media uh, component and on the one hand. Oh gosh, it's just been awful for, you know, for society, for people's mental health and all of this other stuff. And on the other hand, it has really revealed how so many of the experts and elites really are not, hasn't it? Like, I look at 
these people and I, as a former reporter, these are people I would call upon as experts, right? I would ask them, hey, can I get your opinion about this particular subject? And that opinion carried some bit of weight because this was an area that they knew a lot about. They studied it and they were well, you know, in the weeds on all of this stuff. And I wasn't. I'm just a reporter. And then you start seeing the way they behave and the things that they say, all their random thoughts that they just vomit out onto social media. And you start getting the sense these people might not actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> not everyone. Hashtag not all blue check marks. But, oh, here's one. Here was a Democrat campaign strategist, union strategist, whatever. Her name is Dana Houle or Houle, Houle, Houle. Anyway. She said a lot of people in Ukraine crowding together inside. Only 35% of Ukrainians have been vaccinated. Less than 2% have been boosted. Literally, bombs are falling on their country. And this campaign strategist is pointing out that they might not all be vaccinated. And oh my gosh, super spreader. Hey, uh, guess what? If they're blown up by Russian bombs, they're not spreading COVID either. Okay. So on the one hand, social media has exposed a lot of these people as incompetent and not worthy of the title expert. And for that, I think it probably, it's a wash. Pros and cons, it's probably, it's an even scale. Um, NATO Secretary General says Russia has launched war on Ukraine and shattered a peace on the European continent. I agree. I do, I agree. Ukraine's not a member of NATO. There's a nearby country that is, though. There are several of them. And what Putin has done, what Russia just did, is to pick a war, pick a fight on the European continent. And that has been the, the starting location for all of the previous world wars. I'm not going to ignore that. Jen Stoltenberg called for a summit of NATO alliance leaders for tomorrow. Russia launched a wide-ranging attack on Ukraine, hitting cities and bases with airstrikes or shelling. Ukraine's government said Russian tanks and troops rolled across the border and accused Moscow of unleashing a full-scale war, according to the AP. World leaders decried the attack. Speaking of the blue check marks, and by the way, that's a reference to Twitter, people who get, quote, verified by Twitter, which used to be a, a symbol, used to be like a, is a blue check mark, but now it's actually a blue background with a white check mark. But I know, yeah, they went racist or something, but it's a blue check mark and uh, used to be. And so the, the uh, indication was it was sort of a credential because you had to actually send them information that proves you are who you are. And I think I sent them uh, the information. I, they never gave me blue check status. Now I'm, I'm glad I don't have it. I don't, now it's like a badge of honor not to be a blue check. World leaders decried the attack. While it was happening, while it was happening, you got members of the UN Security Council and members of the UN uh, out there like, don't you invade Russia, don't you do it, like giving all of these lectures in their speeches while Russia is invading, proving the utter impotence of that body. Global financial markets plunged, oil prices soared, governments from the U.S. to Asia and Europe readied new sanctions after weeks of failed efforts for a diplomatic solution. But global powers have said they will not intervene militarily to defend Ukraine. So what should we do? President of the United States set to address the nation. We'll carry that uh, live here on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. <laughs> 
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Well, they just postponed it again. Biden not speaking. I am not Joe Biden. Pete Callender here. You can, by the way, email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. Uh, you can also call 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. So what should America do? If anything at all. Sirens ring out in Ukraine's capital. People are massing in train stations. They took to the roads. as The government said that the former Soviet Republic was seeing a long-anticipated invasion from the east, the north, and the south, and reported more than 40 soldiers had already been killed, dozens wounded. Quote, a full-scale war in Europe has begun, Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak said. Russia's not only attacking Ukraine, but the rules of normal life in the modern world. World leaders decried the attack, which could cause massive casualties, topple Ukraine's democratically elected government, upend the post-Cold War security order, and result in severe economic impact around the world from soaring heating bills to spikes in food prices. What do we do, if anything? After weeks of denying plans to invade, Putin justified his actions in an overnight televised address asserting that the attack was needed to protect civilians in eastern Ukraine. It's a false claim. And the U.S. had uh, had predicted that he would make that the pretext for an invasion. I also saw that uh, he delayed the invasion a little bit in order to make America and the West doubt its intelligence. Like the intel that they were getting, that he was getting ready to invade, so he held off a little bit. He accuses the U.S. and its allies of ignoring Russia's demands to prevent Ukraine from joining NATO and for security guarantees. Uh, He claimed that Russia does not intend to occupy Ukraine, but will move to, quote, demilitarize it and bring those who committed crimes to justice. Which, by the way, I've got a story here, or, yeah, here it is, from Christo Grozev, uh, who was covering... The trial of, oh, uh, oh gosh, I forgot to put his first name in here, but um, he was a, he was one of the opposition presidential candidates in Russia, um, or maybe this was, Navalny was his name, I forget, his, is it Alexander, I forget, but he was the guy, remember, that got poisoned by the KGB, right? So he's in court, on trial. This is the kind of justice that the Soviets, you know, and the Russians now, obviously, um, that this is the kind of justice they meet out, these show trials. But he's on trial, and it's a, and so he's he uses the televised trial to say, I oppose this war, which is being waged by Putin simply to deflect from his domestic political issues, from the complete collapse of the economy. He is willing to impose the cost of war on Russians rather than leave his palace. He said at the risk of incurring the wrath of the public prosecutor and the judge, he says, I have no methods of communication with the outside world. I ask you to reflect in the protocol may appeal uh, my appeal to the court and to the world. I am against this war. I think the war is being designed to divert attention from Russia's problems. It'll only lead to greater impoverishment. He says this proves he's then interrupted by the judge. He said, Your Honor, you can refuse later, but you are obliged to listen. You will have to listen to what I consider those who unleash this war to be bandits and thieves. I started political activity to fight this thieving criminal, uh, criminal regime. 
that is courage. Guy is on trial right now and uses the platform that they, because they wanted a show trial, so they stick him on TV and make him answer for his crimes, for, you know, his crimes of, you know, opposing Putin. And so he's on trial and he uses that access to attack Putin and the oligarchs and the criminal enterprise. It's a thugocracy is what it is. That's what they've got going on in Russia, have for a very long time. Paul Massaro is a counter-corruption advisor to Congress. He tweeted out that Russia must now be totally and completely cut out of the global economy. All oligarch blood money purged, all financial access blocked, and that would be just the first step. I've also seen people recommending, like, every single Russian diplomat expelled from every single Western country. Every single kid that is in a Russian kid that is in a, a, a school in a Western nation expelled, kicked out, sent home. I'm sorry. Every one of them. This, these are the ramifications. You shut off all of the money for all of those oligarchs. You squeeze them financially and you and you recognize that we are probably going to be attacked in response. That's how these things happen. Otherwise, do you just appease Putin? Just give him Czechoslovakia, for example, right? And then he'll stop there. He would totally not invade Poland. History is replete with examples of this. This is one of the reasons why, by the way, like this foreign policy stuff, and I'm not like banging the drum, let's go to war everywhere. I'm not, I am not of that mind. But I do recognize this was the, you know, the Rush Limbaugh philosophy, and I believe it is true, that the world is governed by the aggressive use of force. Politics is what we do in order to avoid war at a local level, at a state level, at a national level, and at an international level. And when we stop talking, blood starts flowing. That's how that happens. So, yes, I would really prefer that we keep talking and that we, do, that we settle differences via politics and policy and negotiations rather than violence. Because as a lowercase l libertarian, I am about voluntary compliance. People choose to do good things. People choose to engage with each other in an honest way. Voluntarism. That being said, I also recognize that throughout world history, nations have sought to project their power beyond their own borders. This has always been the case. And this has always been my question when I would get into debates with like capital L libertarians. I would, I would usually come around to this point in the conversation. If you don't want us to be the world's policeman, I get that argument. I do. You don't want us to, to be the world's cop. Who would you like to see step into that role? Because somebody will. Some country will do that. So, Pick for me a country that has the capability to do it, that you'd be okay with them doing that work. And I never really get answers on that. I think one, one time somebody suggested India. <laughs> I think it was a very long time ago. I think somebody one time suggested India. I don't remember what their politics were. But because this is, this is the question that you got to answer. That if, the, that if you, 
you prefer the route of negotiations and diplomacy, which I do. But that only works because when we say no, there is a threat of force behind the no. If I just say no, 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 and I have no threat of force to back up that no position, you don't have to listen to me say no. I'm just I'm just asking. That's just a request. There's no there's no compulsion for you to follow that. It's completely your choice. And then that means I have abdicated all control to you. And that's where we are right now. Again, not an expert on Russia, not an expert on Ukraine. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The president expected to address the nation today at noon. That got pushed back till 1230, and now it has been pushed back again till 130. If he does it and I'm on the air, we're going to carry it. <laughs> so uh, we're just sitting by, waiting. Um, Madeline Albright, according to MSNBC, said that uh, she's the former Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, said Vladimir Putin is making a historic mistake, to which Garry Kasparov, the former chess champion guy from Russia, said, with all due respect to Ambassador Albright, we've heard this many times before, it is the West's reaction that will determine if Putin made a mistake and if it comes quickly enough to save Ukraine. And he's exactly right. When people say, like, oh, it's a historic mistake, that's only if there are repercussions for the mistake, right? And we don't know what those are. What should they be? What should they look like? Because Putin, in his speech last night, uh, he issued a stark warning to other countries, according to the AP, not to meddle. In a reminder of Russia's nuclear power, Putin warned that, quote, no one should have any doubts that a direct attack on our country will lead to the destruction of and horrible consequences for any potential aggressor. What do you do? What do we do? Also, related question, is the West in retreat? Ben Shapiro said this um, on uh, Twitter this morning, I believe it was, where he pointed out that in 2020, China took Hong Kong and the West did not do anything, and then the Taliban were handed Afghanistan, and, uh, and then uh, now Russia moves into Ukraine. He said the West is in retreat. Everyone with half a brain knows that Taiwan is next on the menu. Is he right? Is the West in retreat? What do you think we should do? What should the West, what should America do in response to Russia, a nuclear power, invading Ukraine and upending the entire post-Cold War security environment everything is different now i'm not sure people really fully i don't but i recognize enough like this changes everything everything militaries are going to be retooled because of this that's i mean that's my expectation and maybe there's a return to sort of first principles on this stuff maybe there's a return to core objectives you know maybe general milley won't care so much about diversity and inclusion uh, struggle sessions, and maybe we focus a little bit more on, you know, cybersecurity and hardening our grid. Stuff like that. Stuff that doesn't cost a lot of money, by the way. In the grand scheme of all the trillions that these 
jokers have spent. Stuff that actually makes a difference doesn't cost as much as the stuff that they are doing and have done. How about we cut all of the funding for the mating rituals of the snail studies and devote that instead to, you know, preventing uh, EMP outages of our power grid? How about that? Just again, what do I know? I'm just a radio host, just a guy, but I think that stuff might be a wee bit more important. Let me go over to Vincent. Hello, Vincent. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, you know, I, he- I heard this morning that Xi, president of China, basically told the West to keep mind your own business. And when I heard that, I said, uh, you know, uh, we ain't going to do anything over there. Let Putin get his way. And, you know, Putin is in Ukraine. His motivation is the to secure the wheat fields of the Ukraine. It is the breadbasket of the world. It supplies 20 to 25 percent of the global wheat production. Matter of fact, we bought the wheat on the Mayflower when we settled the United States. That's where the grain came from. It's renowned production of wheat, and this is going to be the new oil of the 21st century, along with oil. And Putin gets paid in oil in uh, gold bars, not the the, uh, the dollar. Well, all right. So on the um, Russia's always wanted the warm water ports as well, as I understand it. And so, yeah, the, like the, the explanation for why he's doing these things. I think people understand that they didn't think that he he they assumed that the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. That's what they assumed. They underestimated him. They, they miscalculated. OK, so now the question is. What now? You don't think we do anything? Is that the right move to not do anything? Yeah, just sit back and chill. That's what America should do? Just sit back and chill? Yeah, pretty much. uh, You know, you know, I, you know, I'm not doing anything over here. I mean, I actually shorted the market here about a month ago. So my portfolio is going, going uh, green, nice green right now, because I've seen this coming. You saw so, uh, Russia invade. You saw Russia invading Ukraine. No, I, oh. I just see the whole shenanigans with the Federal Reserve and the money printing, and the, the, you know, the, this, we're going into a bear market. Get you know, get a couple blankets. It's going to be a long one. Mm-hmm. Okay, still, you're not answering. You just say we should just sit back and chill. So, what is the expectation of what the post chill period looks like? Oh, after after we wake up and uh, the chillings, uh, the the wine's all gone. I, you know, I, you know, freedom. I mean, uh, liberty. Uh, you think that happens I, in your lifetime? Oh, I like it. Yeah, I tell you. No, what, no, no, I no. Like no I said, do you think that that happens in your lifetime? Because the general cycle is that once once a free people lose that freedom, that it doesn't come back for a very very long time. The people need to be responsible and self-reliant, and and uh, the corruption. I think Ukraine was full of corruption. This guy running. I understand, but, but right Vincent, now, Vincent, uh, Vincent. Again, I'm trying to get to a, uh, I'm trying to get to the the core question of what is the appropriate response? What should we be doing? And you offered up the answer that we should do nothing. So now I'm kind of fleshing that out. I'm asking the why. Why should we do nothing? What does it look like on the back end? Is that a better scenario globally for America? Is that a better scenario, or is it a worse scenario? Well, Putin could 
could have cut a deal with Zelensky to go ahead and say, hey, here's your ticket. Go and walk away from your, your capital and have a non, nonviolent overthrow. But he, he just stood his ground. I don't know why he stood his ground and sacrificed his, his army because he knows he's going to be basically creamed by Russia. So he had his chance. So better to just just get under the blanket, run away to flee rather than defend your nation. Well, I don't. That guy doesn't look like. Uh, I tell you what, you know, I like Putin because you, know, you like I, Putin. I like him because he is patriotic for his country. Whoa, whoa! Now wait a minute, Vincent. You just got through ripping on Zelensky for caring about his country to the point of he's going to die for it. And then you're like, but I like Putin because he likes his country. You got to have a consistent standard, man. I got to run. I'm late for news, but I appreciate the call. You got to have a consistent standard on that stuff.